0: Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo, and I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. You can find all of my written reviews there at that website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today, I'm going to be reviewing Straight Outta Compton. It's a, uh, a drama, primarily biopic, of the legendary hip-hop group NWA, and it is an R-rated film, as you might expect from, <laughs> given their subject matter and their actual music, uh, for language throughout, some strong sexuality and nudity, some violence and drug use. It runs two hours and 27 minutes, and the cast features Corey Hawkins, Jason Mitchell, O'Shea Jackson as, uh, respectively, Dr. Dre, Eazy-E, and uh, Ice Cube. And Paul Giamatti also gets a sizable supporting role here. The director is F. Gary Gray, who also makes an appearance in the film as a uh, a famous DJ from K-day, KDAY in Los Angeles. And the screenplay is by Jonathan Herman and Andrea Berloff. So a little bit of uh, background to me. Um, I was a hip-hop DJ on college radio for many years, and I started there... Uh, in my college radio days, when I first went to college at the age of 18, this was 1988, um, and it was September of 1988 when I actually, when I started at that radio station. Um, but, uh, and interestingly enough, NWA's Straight Outta Compton, a seminal album, to be sure, in by hip hop standards, is, um actually dropped one month prior to my start there in August of 1988. So um, the, it, it was an influential album, uh, certainly in hip-hop circles, but it was a major album for us DJs because, um, especially in Southern California where I was doing uh, the DJing, uh, that's really all people really wanted to hear at times. And there were only two tracks that I seem to recall off of that album that I could play uh, that were ready made for radio. I believe they were express yourself and uh, quiet on the set. Well, so at least I had those I could play, but um I think you could play some of those things after midnight, but um, and, and I did start there uh, between two am and five am in the morning. so I did get give that uh, a lot of play and I do remember at the time um, some of the DJs would get in trouble from the radio advisor for playing f the police um because uh <laughs> you know we 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 just you know we we were alternative radio but we didn't want to uh necessarily ruffle listeners' feathers by playing objectionable material but uh we played it anyway you know i mean we we were belie- firm believers in not censoring and so and we actually you know it, how how do you not play that song at least at that time and uh so anyway uh, the, as far as the review straight out of Compton is a Hollywood biopic of NWA. They were a pioneering West Coast hip hop crew in an era where, you know, East Coast, New York style hip hop uh, had ruled the day. A lot of the West Coast hip hop at that time were, was, uh, a, a, some of it was novelty rap, some of it was, um, you know, electronica and, um, you know, mixed with, you know, I, I, West Coast was really finding their voice, finding their way. They really could not compete until, uh, this, their NWAs straight out of Compton dropped. I mean, there were hints here and there, but that really, uh, changed the whole scenery of the hip hop scene at the time. It, this film covers the seeds of NWA's creation from the streets of Compton, California, uh, all the way through the rise of their success, their eventual breakups, and their makeups toward the end. The popularity of NWA sent shockwaves through a music industry that are still being felt today. Uh, they took, uh, their their raps were actually what they saw out on the street. They called it reality rap. In the media, it was called gangster rap. And this, their music would tell the tales of what they saw every day living as teenagers out in the streets of South Central Los Angeles. Uh, and at that time, you know, a lot of who they associated with, there were drug dealers, there were gangbangers, there were cops that would habitually harass them because of their appearance. And all of that made their way into their music and their outlook on life. You know, these were young teenagers. And so I, I think that NWA received and still continue to receive somewhat in their music uh, as solo artists, uh, you know, misogyny and homophobia and those sorts of things. But it's, it's also important to remember uh, not only that they're portraying a an outlook in their music, you know, what they talk about in their music is not necessarily representative of their them as individuals because only E C E really was living the life of a criminal at the time. But uh but also uh you know, these were young guys and you know, unfortunately a lot of uh if you if you were to, to read the minds of most young uh teenage boys uh and men, uh, you know, they're they're not necessarily PC thoughts. So, a lot of that is expressed in the music. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to let you know that a lot of this is really representative uh what they call like I said reality rap. So, to uh to cover over that, I think would be uh make it a different form of music. So, uh the title of Straight Outta Compton comes from that NWA album from 1988, a hip-hop masterpiece by my opinion of the same name it propelled members uh, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre into lucrative solo careers and the former, Ice Cube, would take his charisma into the world of movies and the latter, Dr. Dre, would become a top flight record producer and an entrepreneur of, uh, what might be considered the world's most popular audio products line. And Straight out of Compton's directed by F. Gary Gray and he's directed some, some pretty good movies. Not always good, but you know, I really like the Italian job. That was one of his. Um, he also directed Ice Cube previously in the very first uh, Friday movie, uh, which actually you see a clip of here. And there's actually a nod to a famous line from that movie in the in the film. I don't want to ruin it for the fans of Friday. Paul Giamatti also appeared, uh, worked with F. Gary Gray before in his film The Negotiator, another film that I actually really liked from him. But, uh, Straight Out of Compton's a little bit different because it is mostly a drama and a biopic, unlike those action-oriented films or the comedy-oriented films. This really covers the gamut of uh, all of that. It really captures a lot of F. Gary Gray's talent. I think he's a very talented director and certainly he is absolutely in tune with the, the beat of, of NWA and their music and, and really the energy that it creates. Straight out of Compton gives us th- these basic origins of the group's three most well-known members: Dr. Dre, of course, and Ice Cube, and also Easy E, who also had a couple of solo albums. And uh, Easy E would also turn some of the money that he accrued while drug dealing into launching his own record label, Ruthless Records, from which N.W.A. made their appearance. And he was able to make it a local success getting play on radio stations just like the aforementioned KDAY, which is a hugely popular radio station uh, in the 80s and into the 90s. Um, it's definitely one I strove to listen to all the time um, because th- that was the place to go. Uh, the, the radio buzz that was generated by NWA put them on the radar of music talent ma- manager Jerry Heller, who impressed upon the group that he had the chops in the business to take them to the next level of success and that he could secure a record deal that would eventually give them national distribution. But the film also alludes to his business practices also led to the group's eventual breakup as egos and uh, squabbles over money started to take hold once they became successful. The contracts were signed, but the money never seemed to flow in ways that smacked of fairness, at least to several members at the time. From there, this biopic deals with the group's controversy, particularly in their impassioned call to rise up against the police and their brutality in F the Police, as well as the lyrics that are uh, called out for glamorizing the gangster lifestyle to predominantly young listeners. I think that uh, it soon it was listened to by suburban listeners you know read here white listeners and that's when it became really controversial because you know a lot of people didn't want their sons or daughters listening to that um even though it had existed for a long period of time but it also i think in its own way was really if you, if you listen to the music i don't think it was necessarily glamorizing it so much as calling attention to it to that to that reality you know everybody was portraying a certain persona in the music and also call to light a lot of the problems. I mean, if you listen to F the Police, it, you can really see some of the problems and the attitudes that exist in the, the community at the time. Other threads in this movie include Ice Cube's leaving the group to go solo. You had Dr. Dre eventually doing the same after he produced one more album for N.W.A. without Ice Cube. But he kind of went from the proverbial frying pan into the fire of Los Angeles thug mogul Suge Knight, and that's also portrayed in the film. There's also the film also deals with EZE E and his contraction of AIDS, which would eventually take his life. And uh, before a proposed reunion of the group NWA, perhaps some patching things up of their many differences, and if they were to get together, it would be on their own terms, without uh, the inf- the many of the, the the problems that eventually broke them up. One of the major strengths I believe of Straight Outta Compton uh comes from its it's really good casting. Portraying Ice Cube is none other than his very own son, O'Shea Jackson Junior, who Ice Cube actually says had to audition for the role. He wasn't just gonna give it to him for for nothing. Uh so he had to really earn it. And I mean it's I I could not imagine a, a better portrayal of Ice Cube in a film, at least during his younger days. Then his very own son, he really, he, he not only looks a great deal like his father, but he does a phenomenal acting performance above and beyond just capturing his father's looks and swagger and mannerisms. He actually delivers a really good performance here. Corey Hawkins capture, who captures, uh, Dr. Dre's look and his cool demeanor. The actor does, doesn't quite nail a couple of scenes to ask a, a lot out of him emotionally, but, uh, you know, I for given what he does do in all other respects, I think that he should earn kudos for his role here. However, the heart of the film's emotional beats comes through this excellent portrayal by Jason Mitchell as Eric Easy E. Wright. Mitchell definitely comes through big in his performance as a member of the crew that experienced the experiences the lowest lows in the in the entire story of NWA and um I'm not going to say that he's going to earn an Academy Award. I think that this film will probably be, unfortunately, overlooked by the Academy, except for perhaps, I'm not sure if there's an original song in there that that may bubble up to the surface, but um, certainly Jason Mitchell, in, 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 if you're looking for somebody who captures Easy E, really well uh he does it he does it beautifully and really you know i think a lot of people don't know uh some of the more human side to easy uh, because i think people judge easy based on his portrayal of how he presents himself in the music and some of the uh i guess less than savory aspects of what you would hear about in terms of uh, being with many women and fathering many children um through a lot of those women so um you know, a, a lot of people may make judgments, but here I think that you can see a different side where he, he, he had many flaws to be sure, but, um, but I, he was trying to do what he feels is best. At least that's how he comes across here. Um, and I think that Mitchell comes through big in his performance as, as, uh, as easy. The two men that play uh, the other two members of NWA because they were, for all intents and purposes, a quintet, and I'm not counting Arabian Prince, who appeared on their very first album, uh, prior to Straight Outta Compton, that was self released. Um, MC Ren and DJ Yella, they're they're pretty good, but the films does not really focus on those two members of the group because they didn't really impact the the group as much as the these other three and also didn't have these kind of post NWA careers um that were significant so uh you know they they really shouldn't have been a, a strong focus but I did like the fact that they that these two that Ren and Yella get included enough in the scenes and significant and signify their involvement in the creative process enough so that was refreshing to see. Paul Giamatti gets his second turn in 2015 alone to play a slimeball handler of music talent. He also played uh, somewhat of one in the Brian Wilson biopic Love and Mercy that came out earlier this year. And that was a really good movie, too. Uh, but, you know, really, there's no one who plays conniving weasels with as much of uh, uh, kind of a surprisingly rounded quality as Paul Giamatti. Uh, when you watch Yamati, yeah, you can tell he's really slimy and he might be doing some underhanded things. But just the, his rationale and his demeanor, it sometimes makes you question whether he is indeed trying to do right. But he's be- being misunderstood by the talent that is telling him that uh, that they want something more. In the end, you know, yes, he is bleeding his talent dry through these the the use of contracts that he tells them, you know, you, they really shouldn't. You know, bother. He's protecting them and they sign it without fully understanding it. But yet, uh, whenever push comes to shove, he always seems to have some, uh, an answer that seems to stave off some of the animosity. And, you know, even had me, you know, even given what, what you see happening in the film, you start to, to think, well, you know, maybe, maybe that guy is right. You know, maybe, maybe they don't, you know, these, 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 uh, the, the rappers don't understand the full nature of the music business but uh but in the end i think it all comes out nwa's trajectory as a group it it is messy and fragmented and it, it's not really the kind of thing that lends well to a traditional arc of a musical biopic so i think that some respect has to be given here to gray as the, the director for making straight out of Compton feel pretty rich and very compelling as a collection of the crew's milestones and its pitfalls Especially as most, uh, involved in this, uh, in the music scene are still alive to see the film and decry it. If it isn't on the up and up, I think that obviously Jerry Heller is not happy with his portrayal here. Suge Knight, of course, is not. So, um, they are kind of the villains of the movie, but, um, it, <laughs> maybe they would have been more vilified had they not still been alive. I don't know, but, uh, you know, I, I, you have to question whether or not, you know, there, there are some things that may have been glossed over here because those guys are still alive. So it makes you wonder just how far things extended because they don't want to be sued for defamation. Certainly, um, here. So, uh, it, it is really, really interesting and I, I really like that part of it. And, uh, of course that also means that the movie likely overlook some of the more unsavory foibles of the depicted rappers who also, uh, do have some work. You know, they, they actually, you know, get producer credits here and, you know, they, they have a, a big hand in how the, their story and their portrayals play out here. So, um, obviously it's going to make them look good generally, even though it doesn't really turn a blind eye to some of their faults either because there's scenes of partying and carousing and some of their drug use and, some violent alter- altercations that are shown. Some of their some of their missteps. Not all of their missteps. I mean, there are some actual uh, uh, things that are, are not even dealt with in the film. And uh, but and and oftentimes, the the actions and the 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 scenes that we do see in which they stumble from time to time are still framed with them as eventual heroes of those situations so it doesn't it it does show them in a somewhat negative light but also spins those negatives into a positive somehow it, it's hard to explain without actually seeing it now this, so the film may not be complete reality but within the context of a hollywood biopic it still feels right and i think that that will suffice as far as keeping the film respectably on point. It feels real, even though it still feels like a biopic. I mean, for for something we know is not is going to be dramatized and probably embellished for our entertainment. Um, there are some remarkable uh, scenes in there that feel, you know, they they're they're, they're shockingly uh, truthful at times. Now, scenes of the group coming up with their music in the studio. And the energy that they display during concert performances, those scenes are electrifying and, and I think that those scenes also spotlight the verve and the power and the mix of, uh, Ice Cube and, and, and the rest of them and their potent lyricism and especially how those lyrics can be really powerful when set to Dr. Dre's thunderously potent, uh, production mixing some of the funk and, and really relentless drums and, uh it really captures a certain power behind them uh that that was unlike anything else that was made at the time there are also good bits that are, that exist scenes between the crew and Jerry Heller uh, those scenes are really compelling and it makes you question whether he's truly necessary for making the con- the connections that were needed for them to become famous or you know maybe he's merely a parasitic Bengali who only wants them to succeed in order to fill his own coffers so he he you know you question whether he really does have good feelings for them or if he if he and and their success or if he really just wants to leech off of them obviously this film has its own point of view interestingly though i will say this in in jerry heller's defense jerry heller the, the way that the, this film portrays heller is almost as if he approached out of nowhere he was a, a a record producer from the '60s and '70s, he hadn't really had any big names in recent years, and he approached Easy E uh, in order to, you know, get him to create uh, his own record label. You know, he was pressing his own records, but to to uh, to sign him as an act and really push him in the music industry, take him the step further. But in reality. Heller actually managed before he even met Easy E. Heller was the manager of Dr. Dre. Uh, actually, his uh, his Dr. Dre used to be in a hip hop group called the World Class Wrecking Crew before he was in N.W.A. and Heller managed that group. And also, uh, Ice Cube was in a group, a, a rap group before N.W.A. called. It's a very short lived uh, and not very popular group called C.I.A. Uh, and Heller managed that group as well. Heller also managed other Los Angeles-based hip-hop acts like, uh, Egyptian Lover and LA Dream Team. So, the f- film portrays Heller as if he's coming in from out of nowhere, never, you know, knowing anything about hip-hop before, but hearing that Easy and, uh, his, his song Boys in the Hood was super popular at the time, uh, that he decided that he was going to try to, to take that act to, uh, to, to popularity, but, um, this film fudges the timeline of the the, the the narrative, I think, for the purposes of the film, but also to give the film kind of this villainous nature, I guess. I mean, he, he's really not a villain. I guess you could portray him as a sympathetic villain, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, Eazy-E was not the first rap act he handled. He was definitely very involved in, in the Los Angeles music scene at the time, including with Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. So uh, that part is disingenuous. Now, not all of the parts of this film are strong. You know, typical biopic cliches emerge from time to time. The tale seems to increasingly lose focus once the five original members are no longer completely together. It devolves into this collection of splintered scenes that aren't as compelling as the depiction of their drive to rise to the top of the rap industry in the earlier half of the film. I think if not for the, the critical depiction of... Easy es illness and death. Maybe the film would have ended much sooner with just their rise to the top, but, you know, it's hard to deny the movie's most poignant elements, so, you know, Easy e and what happened to him merits inclusion, and I, I think what happens with Dre with Shook Knight is also interesting, and even Ice Cube's attempt to go solo and how it affected uh, the rest of NWA, and eventually caused even further rift when they started insulting each other on the record. So all of that is really interesting. So even though it becomes very fragmented and distracted, I think that it still really uh uh maintains a certain interest level uh for the variety of scenes. Obviously, all, a lot of the, the film is very abbreviated. A lot of times people converse with each other for the first time. And get right to the nitty gritty. It, it wouldn't necessarily happen that way in real life, but um, you know, this is a very condensed version of events here. So, you have to kind of overlook that for all of the the strengths that Gray is able to bring out. By this point of the film, uh, when things become fragmented, we like watching NWA. These men, we we enjoy them as characters, but uh, you know, obviously based on real life people, and. Uh, enough to be curious about where things lead and even if the music aspect of their careers falls by the wayside for them to talk about money and some of their, some of their uh, personal foibles and interactions, it still retains that level of interest because we are invested in them as people. The real life footage at the end of the film of the crew in their early days, all the way up until today, I think that this really leaves their story on a high note and it reminds us once again of how far reaching the influence of the group is it extends all the way to rappers who are currently on the top of the industry charts you know a lot of people you know pay a lot of homage to nwa and also dr Dre as a producer and also maybe even ice cube as a as a lyricist for the kind of music that they make at two and a half hours you know straight out of compton's a lengthy film no doubt about it but one even at two and a half hours you get the sense that f gary gray probably filmed much more that he had to trim down and you know a lot of things seem to be left out almost i mean uh reportedly I, I read a story that hit the first cut that gary gray delivered was actually an hour longer so it was almost three and a half hours and obviously that wasn't going to fly in movie theaters so he got it he winnowed everything down as much as he could It still clocked in at two and a half hours. I'm sure the the studio would have preferred it to be under two hours, but you know, given what you see here, there's really not a scene I would have taken out of this film. Uh, I think every scene really merits interest. It, it may not necessarily be, uh, uh, absolutely important for the overall story, but they, it's some of those scenes. I, I don't think I would trade any scene out just for a shorter length. Um, the scenes that do seem like they're trimmed out are, are maybe the relationship to the the home lives, the family lives of the group members. Um, certainly, you don't get to see that a lot. We see some of the families, you know, eventually, you know, Dre would marry, Ice Cube would marry. We see their spouses and their children, but they seem to disappear and reappear, and there's really... It's kind of disjointed in that way. You feel like a lot of that got left out, left on the proverbial cutting room floor. So I feel like a lot of that was was kind of uh, honed down. Because of the short-lived nature of the group and how popular Ice Cube and and Dr. Dre would continue to become once they left the group, I think it's understandable why the post-NWA years would be included in this as a biopic. But even though it... It you know, once it it kind of cracks, it feels like that proverbial egg that once broken can't be pieced back together whole again, no matter how hard those who make the film try to sh- give it the right shape of this uh, biopic. It's not really a traditional biopic because of we're following several characters and they all parted ways. so it it, it makes it hard to really tie it in thematically. However, If you take and uh, straight out of Compton as a collection of compelling scenes uh, of of a biopic, and for you know its ability to actually capture the ferocity and talent and the vision of N.W.A. as a music act, and also show how influential they were, and deliver it with some good performances and this really robust excitement for their music through the way that it's directed, I think that Straight Out of Compton does manage to capture enough of that lightning. Into its bottle, to be what I consider to be the best hip hop drama from a major studio to come out since perhaps in ten years since Hustle and Flow back in two thousand five, maybe even Eight Mile. It ranks right up there with those films, I would say, and uh, I I really do recommend it. It's 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 a good, definitely if you're into hip hop and the history of hip hop, it's a must see. But even if you're not as familiar with NWA and you want to know what all the fuss is about in their music, and you know it, it really does merit watching. It's a it's a good film, I believe. I'm giving this uh, straight out of content three and a half stars, and three and a half stars on my scale means it is a good, a solidly good film. Not just for people who just like NWA. I think that this extends beyond that. You you, you can like this film if you uh never really had that much exposure to N.W.A. and still think that it's compelling. And you might even become a fan of their music afterward once you see uh them behind the scenes, I guess, as it were, uh, at least dramatized here. So I hope that you enjoyed the review of Straight Outta Compton, and I will continue delivering reviews uh in the future on a nearly daily basis. So I hope that you click the subscribe button if you haven't already. And, uh, if you happen to be on iTunes, uh, clicking that subscribe button, I do hope that you leave a review and let, uh, and let me know and other people know what you think of the show. It definitely helps me out a lot. And, uh, you can go to my website and read all of my written reviews, quipster.net. And you, while you're there, you can also find, uh, links to my Twitter feed as well as my Facebook feed, um... Right there at Quipster.net. Q W I P S T E R dot net is where you can go. So, until next time, thank you, everyone, and enjoy your time at the movies.